At climate summits and meetings, we often talk about its impact on oceans, glacier, rise in sea levels. Tell us about the impact climate change has on education, on children. Climate change has proven to be one of the largest causes for displacement after conflict. And a new study from Education Cannot Wait, the Global Fund for Education in Emergencies and Protracted Crisis, serving the United Nations and civil society and host governments, we just came out with a new figure of 62 million children and adolescents whose education is disrupted as an immediate and direct consequence of climate change. Now, I'd give just one example. For instance, the 29,000 schools that were damaged or destroyed due to flooding in Pakistan, uh, the climate change that we see through droughts uh, in uh, Somalia, the Horn of Africa, uh, earthquakes in Afghanistan, and so forth. So it's important not to separate climate change from the impact it actually has on basic services. And these are not two different agendas. Climate crisis is an education crisis. You mentioned Pakistan, you mentioned Somalia. What other regions or countries that are severely or particularly affected by this challenge? Well, um, the Sahel is severely affected. The Horn of Africa, I mentioned. The Middle East, you see an enormous desertification. And when there's desertification, there's um, conflicts arise between pastoralists and agriculturalists. So climate change also leads to armed conflicts that in turn too contributes. And at Education Cannot Wait, we, uh, we focus on children who are affected by armed conflict, occupation, and climate disasters and forced displacement, meaning that often, if not always, they are haunted and suffering twofold. One from the conflict, which is already bad enough, and then on top of it, there's a climate change-induced disaster that makes it even more difficult for them to attend school and to have a hope for the future. You say that climate crisis is an education crisis. Yes. What has been the progress so far in terms of including bringing education to the global climate action agenda? Well, the, what we're trying to push for as a progress and why we are here and why we have come out with a, a new strategy for the coming four years that education cannot wait for climate change is at the center, uh, is to open the eyes and understanding of the interrelation between climate change and the disruption of education, which in turn is related to a new generation that is, first of all, not educated, uh, and secondly, has no knowledge about climate change and certainly cannot take over to adaptability, uh, mitigation, prevention of climate change. However, if we invest just a small part of what we invest in climate change as a sector into education uh, for children in crisis and, and refuge. We can actually ensure that the new generation can continue to go to school and also become the drivers, the, the engineers, the scientists, uh, the teachers, who one day can continue on the path of saving Mother Earth from climate change. Uh, so that's very important that education cannot wait. What we do is that, we, first of all, we move with massive speed. There is an earthquake, there is a flood, 
you mentioned Libya, Pakistan, uh, Horn of Africa. Education cannot wait. We move it in weeks to help rebuild and build back better. So we have seen examples, for instance, in Chad, when there have been climate change, and schools that we have rebuilt have been able to withstand the shocks of new climate change. So there's less destruction. And meanwhile, children and adolescents can continue to learn. Teachers can continue to teach. Uh, so I would say, to reverse this, if we do not invest in education, both for preventive purposes reparative purposes and, and for the future to mitigate, um, I think all the billions that we are putting into climate change is, is, is lost money. We always have to think long term and um, climate action here and now and that's why we launched an appeal that we, have, we are launching it here at the climate change COP28 right here right now. Right now we need $150 million to support and empower teachers and 2 million children affected by both forced displacement, climate um, conflict and climate change. And if we have $150 million, and that, that's a very little tiny amount compared to what we normally invest into climate change, uh, we could actually save at least 2 million children and their future and their ability to cope and mitigate climate change. Billions and billions of dollars go into climate change in an isolated, siloed uh, manner. Now, if let's say 10 of those donors said, okay, out of the billions we are putting into the Trust Fund for Climate Change or that and that, if you take 15 million only, and put here. If 10 donors say that, or 20 donors say we'll put seven and a half million, we would have a fully funded proposal and save the education and persevere knowledge and develop knowledge to mitigate, adapt, and, and uh, tackle climate change for two million children and adolescents. Is it worth it? Yes. Climate change is about the planet. Education is about humanity, and neither can live without the other. So if you're really smart and want to make a good investment, you put your funding both into climate change, into the absolute foundational service of education. And it's very cost efficient. You are here at the COP conference. Eighth is the big day for education. There, there will be several events on that theme. There are girls, women who are particularly vulnerable from these crises. How you plan to bring this in climate talks or the events you are participating in that we need to particularly be aware of the needs and uh, challenges that girls and women face? I mean, I'd, I'd like to raise, um, don't tell me that there are no resources. Uh, if we took 5% of military expenditures and moved them towards education in climate crisis and to address climate uh, crisis overall, we would have $100 billion a year to address climate change. So you need to, the message is that you need to start reprioritize. Uh, do I want to take 5% away from military expenditures to ensure that we have 100% met on the climate change agenda? And out of that, take this little to 1% or 2% towards education, well, then I know I'm actually doing something good for humanity. 
However, if I come to COP28 and I, I speak loud and clear with authority about climate change, and then I go and put most of my funding and resources available into more militarization and completely disregard education, I would ask questions whether you are really capable of managing Mother Earth and humanity right now. And I, I, I say this with a serious, heavy, clear voice. Now we need smart leadership. We need humane leadership. We need action. This is an action plan. If this is not enough, looking around what the world looks like today, I don't know how much more evidence we need to take action for the betterment of Mother Earth and humanity and for the young generation that has a right to a quality education, even if they live in conflict wars and forces placement. So I'll be very tough on that one.